Hello and welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Art Engager podcast. I'm your host, Claire Bowne of Thinking Museum, and this is episode 64. So it's good to be back. I've had a lovely few weeks away with family and friends in Wales and in Greece, and I'm feeling refreshed and full of ideas for the upcoming autumn winter period. So in today's brand new episode, I'm sharing four questions that will supercharge your art experiences and guided tours. So in line with today's episode, I recommend listening to some past episodes on questioning and questions. Yes, it's a pet subject of mine and I do like to return to it now and again. I'll put a link to all the past episodes in the show notes. So if you're a new listener, do go back and listen to all these other episodes too. Now, you can still support this show at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Claire Bown. I'll put a link in the show notes. This podcast is made with love and your support will help to keep the show running on a weekly basis. And if you like this podcast, please do go and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It only takes a few seconds. And if you really love it, please write us a short review. It does help to get the word out about this podcast. So thank you in advance. Now let's get started with today's show. So in the past, I've talked about all kinds of different subjects around questioning. I've talked about the five golden rules for asking brilliant questions, that's episode four, 10 common mistakes to avoid when asking questions, episode 10, how to use artworks to improve your questioning skills, episode 15, quick things you can do now to improve your questioning technique, that's episode 36, and so-called bad questions, the type of questions you should probably be avoiding in your art experiences. Now, I'll include links to all of those in the show notes. I don't really like big lists of good or great questions. For example, you might Google 50 questions to ask about art. These lists are okay, perhaps for a quick source of inspiration or to help you change up the type of questions you're asking or for a boost, but it's the list part that bothers me. You're not going to be carrying around a list with you in the museum, so these lists aren't exactly portable. Instead, it's much better to work on your questioning technique with exercises and experimentation rather than trying to memorise or use big lists of questions. Working on your technique yourself will help you to phrase questions better in the moment, instinctively, naturally. And this will always work better than parrot phrasing a question you've read on a list. But... 
there are some questions that I think are worth remembering. These are the type of questions that have a really powerful effect when asked. These are the questions that will supercharge your art experiences with your participants. And today I'm sharing four simple questions that are really worth remembering and trying out with your groups. These are questions that can be used at any moment during your experience or guided tour to great effect. Now, I found it really quite hard to narrow it down to a small list. I started with a much longer one, but I've chosen questions that work for me time after time with all sorts of different groups, different artworks or objects, different types of museums and different situations. These are universally powerful questions, but they're just my favorites. Maybe you have others that you'd like to share and then I can add them to my question bank. So I'd love to hear too what your powerful go-to questions are. Please share with me. So I'm going to share with you mine. Let's start with the first one. I'm starting with how would it be different if... So how would it be different if is a fantastic question, STEM or question starter, that you can use in an art or object discussion. It helps us to reframe what we're looking at and to see it anew or afresh. It encourages imaginative thinking and helps your participants to develop new perspectives on things. Literally seeing something from a different direction or differently helps to challenge our assumptions and helps us to come up with the more non-obvious ideas. So this is great to use when the discussion might start to dry up or perhaps participants are finding something a bit challenging. So thinking about it differently from another perspective really helps. So use how would it be different if when you want to get another perspective or you want another way of looking at something or you want to explore different ways of thinking about something. So I use this question frequently in art experiences and it's one of the suggested stems in creative questions, the thinking routine. And it always generates a lot of new ideas and great discussions. I used it in a post on Instagram last year with a Monet painting. This was uh, Autumn Effect at Argentoy. I'll uh, put a link in the show notes. And I encourage people to see how many, how would it be different if questions they could come up with about this artwork. So take a look at the artwork, go to the link in the show notes, but here are some of their suggestions. How would it be different if the shape of the trees was completely different? Narrow and high like cypress trees, for example. How would it be different at night with moonlight reflected in the water? How would it be different if the water was frozen smooth and solid, how would it be different with boaters in the foreground? How would it be different if it depicted another season? Or if the tree leaves were green? So you can see there a variety of how would it be different questions just generated from one image. And all of these could take the discussion in lots and lots of different directions. 
And I also like to use this question with a thinking routine colour shape line. So I like to get participants thinking about how the artwork or object would be different without a particular colour, shape or line. What would change? Would the effect be the same or different? And this encourages participants to really think about the effect certain elements have on the power or story of an artwork. So have a go at using this question. Use it with a variety of different groups and see what effect it has. Let me know how you get on. Okay, time for my second go-to question in all my art discussions is, what do you see that makes you say that? So no surprises there, I've talked about it before, but this simple follow-up question asks participants to share evidence for what they are saying. But the magic in this question is the C part. It asks them to look specifically for visual evidence, evidence that's based in the object or the artwork itself. Now, I know that what makes you say that is a favourite with many. It's also a Project Zero thinking routine and it's part of the visual thinking strategies three core question. It too asks participants to support interpretations with evidence. But what makes you say that can be problematic at times. I feel it can sometimes put people on the defensive it's a bit like a personal why question, like why do you think that? And I've also read an article that discussed avoiding using this because it could reinforce stereotypes in discussions around sensitive themes. It could help people to reiterate hurtful sentiments. So be wary of what makes you say that. And as an aside, I had a discussion about this with uh, educator Jess Vance on Instagram last year. And this is how we actually got friendly. She was writing her book, Leading with a Lens of Inquiry. And our discussion actually made it into the book. And she suggests some alternative and notes that, this is what she says, as with all our questions... Our tone and body language impact the way others perceive our inquiries. So if you must use what makes you say that, it's worth being aware of some of these thoughts. So as a general rule for me, when working with artworks, I always prefer to use what do you see that makes you say that. Again, we're looking for visual evidence based in the artwork itself. It's similar to what are you noticing that makes you say that. And over time and with continued use of what do you see that makes you say that, you'll find participants automatically start supporting their interpretations with evidence without even being asked. There are some alternatives that I use as well. So what are you noticing that makes you say that? What evidence can we find in the artwork for that idea? What do you see that informs your ideas? Can you show us where you see that in the artwork and more? But none of them are as catchy 
as what do you see that makes you say that? And this is part of its attraction. It's memorable and catchy and therefore no thinking is involved on your part to ensure that you're asking participants to support their ideas and interpretations. And something else that Jess says in Leading with a Lens of Inquiry, this struck me too when I was thinking about this episode. She says that what makes you say that prompts an intentional pause. And the same is true for what do you see that makes you say that. It's a pause that allows a bit of time and space for everyone in the group, the facilitator, the participants, and the person who's just spoken, to think about what's just been said and to reflect upon it. It also gives time for that speaker to question their thinking and any assumptions they may have made. And it allows the facilitator to show, to demonstrate a genuine interest in what the participant has said. It's a way of saying, tell me more about this with some context. And it stops you from automatically moving on to the next comment from someone else and gives a moment to slow down and dig deeper into something someone has said. In essence, it's a golden question. So in summary, use what do you see that makes you say that when you want to ask for evidence, slow down the process and avoid a round of quick fire interpretations listen carefully, and add depth to a discussion. So be sure to add, what do you see that makes you say that to your question repertoire? You won't be sorry. Notice what effect it has on the discussion and share with me. You can also share with me any other great questions you have for asking for evidence. So moving on to number three, So number three is, what if I was to tell you? So I love what if questions. And this one, what if I was to tell you, is a very clever way of sharing contextual information with your group. So as an example, there was a silkscreen print in the Trobe Museum, one that I've worked with hundreds of times with lots of different groups. It shows a woman of mature age. She's seated cross-legged on the floor and she's wearing a blue headscarf and a dress with a white background and a yellow floral print. She's looking directly at us. And behind her are some images of objects and people and writing or script behind her. It's cursive script. It looks like it could be Arabic script. The image is by an artist called Khosrow Hazanzadeh and it's actually an image he created of his sister in 2004. I'll put a link to this in the show notes as well. Now, we used to spend a lot of time observing this image. It's huge. It's around two by three metres. And then we would step inside and imagine what this woman perceived, knew and cared about. And then finally, I would ask participants to come up with a title for this artwork. I wouldn't share any information about this artwork at all up to this point. Only at this point would I reveal that the title given by the artist for the work was terrorist. So I'd say, what if I was to tell you 
that the title the artist gave this artwork is terrorist. And this would always cause a ripple amongst the participants. Lots of murmuring, lots of questions, lots of wondering about what this might mean. And I would then ask the group what they think the artist is trying to say by using this title. And we'd always then have a great discussion about what terrorism means and what might the artist be saying by actually referring to his sister as a terrorist. And it always contrasted sharply with the discussion we would have had previously about the woman. And it makes participants think about the stereotypes and assumptions that they or the world might have. So after sharing information using this question, what if I was to tell you, I would always then follow up with some additional questions of my own, such as, how does this change your interpretation? Has this new information changed any of your previous ideas? Has it answered any of your wonders? So you can use this question at any moment to share information. It can either be to help the discussion along or to give the group some information to be able to continue working out what's happening in the artwork. It doesn't have to be a shocking piece of information as the example above. It can be anything, but use it wisely and pick your moment well, because it can be a really powerful and impactful question. So think about what you can share and when you can share it for maximum engagement and interaction from your group. And so finally, the last question, this was quite tough. I did have quite a long list and I really had to think about the questions I use time and time again and the ones that have the most effect. So drum roll, number four is what was challenging, interesting or inspiring about looking at an artwork in this way? Now, this question I have used so many times as a reflection question, as a way to ask participants to think about and reflect on a discussion about an art, artwork or an object. It can be used at the end of a complete guided tour, after you've discussed several objects or at the end of each art or object discussion. I love the fact that it offers three alternatives to think about. So it asks you whether you found it challenging, interesting or inspiring. And it offers people the chance to reflect from that standpoint. It gives a little focus to the reflection. It's less broad than what did you like or enjoy and less formal than perhaps what insights or learning did you get from our discussion. And you can ask your participants to reflect individually. You could see who would like to offer their thoughts or ask them to form small groups and chat together about it. So this question asks everyone in the group to make meaning from what has taken place. It asks them to identify the moments, the actions and the observations that stand out and to pinpoint any significance. You can also use this question yourself as a facilitator to do a quick on-the-spot reflection on a discussion that you've led. It creates a reflective moment for you to think about what happened, what stood out 
and what that may tell you or not, or what could be learned from it. So in summary, use what was challenging, interesting, or inspiring about looking at an artwork in this way when you want to create a reflective moment, so for your participants and or for yourself, or when you want to make meaning from the discussion and create long-lasting memories through reflection, or when you want to get feedback from the group on what they enjoyed or found challenging, this may help you to personalise the rest of their experience, or when you want to check in with how the group are feeling. So, four powerful questions that I think are worth remembering. These questions all have a really powerful effect when they are asked, and these are the ones that will supercharge your art experiences and guided tours. So, remember them. How would it be different if... What do you see that makes you say that? What if I was to tell you? And what was challenging, interesting or inspiring about looking at art or objects in this way? Which question are you going to try? And do you have your own favourite powerful questions? Please share with me. You can share them with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Search for Thinking Museum on all social media and you'll find me. And before you go, don't forget to join our Facebook community for the podcast. That's the Slow Looking Club. I'll put a link in the show notes. Thanks for listening today. It's good to be back. See you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bowne. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com. And you can also find me on Instagram, at Thinking Museum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.